Hello, lovely people. You truly are lovely. This past week, as I posted um, thoughts and reflections about my 100th episode, I just received an outpouring of love. And I just want to say thank you for being so kind and caring. This is what this work is all about, of giving back to each other, uplifting, and helping each other along. So bless you. Now, welcome to Confession 101. We're going to look at the properties of a local inquiry. I'm Lou Gerlach with Think Chat, and this is a new series on local and global inquiry. And after the book club on Getting Personal with Inquiry Learning by Kath Murdoch, I wanted to extend my own thinking towards making local and global connections to our inquiry. And this seemed like a natural next step. And when I think of local inquiry, my mind immediately shifts towards place-based learning. And if you reel back to something that Kath talked about, that there are different types of inquiry out there, units of inquiry, design thinking, play-based, project-based, she also mentioned place-based. This right here really resonated with me, like what is place-based learning? And there's numerous definitions out there of what it is, but there are two that really resonated with me. One is from a blog post from Edutopia. We love our Edutopia. I don't know about you, but I do, because it's quick bites of information that are manageable. And then there's a school that's in Michigan that is fabulous. It's called the University of Liggett School. And they've created a center for innovative teaching and learning. And I've had the privilege of participating in book clubs with them, as well as attending an in-person and digital inquiry workshop. So let's unpack some of these definitions and then make some connections so that you can see how it impacts and affects or changes your practice because that's what it's about right so when we're thinking about edutopia this is what they said place-based learning engages students in their community including their physical environment local culture history or people with place-based learning students get to see the results of their work in their community they build communication inquiry skills learn how to interact with any environment and gain a better understanding of themselves as well as their place in the world. So here are my connections. I immediately hooked into the notion of connecting our local physical environment to our culture, our history, and our people. Can you imagine how much that would open up the minds of our young learners? how relevant that would make learning, that they're looking at their own community and tying that back to their unit of inquiry and saying, hmm, what can I do to extend my learning within my local community? Already right there, that's inspiring action happening. And so right now I'm currently based in Houston, Texas. And as an educator of upper elementary students in fourth grade, we had to look at a significant event that happened in our history, which is called the Battle of the Alamo. Go check it out online. And very much so in the curriculum, it's that we won the battle. We helped America become. We're awesome, Texas. We're the Lone Star State. 
There's a lot of pride in this state, which I love. There's a lot of kitsch in this state, which I love. But what's really fascinating to me, though, is helping our learners to see certain events from our of our local environments, right? Our culture, right? Our history, our people from various lenses. So something that I always tried to do was expand the thinking. And I always used this visible thinking routine called Truth For Who. Fabulous uh, thinking routine. And what you do is you look at a singular event from multiple perspectives. So in this conflict, um, there were the Americans, there were the Tejanos or the Mexicans, and the Native Americans. And I would ask my learners these types of questions to get them thinking. Who was the true winner at the Battle of the Alamo? Who was the ultimate loser in all of this? How do history books shape our understanding of our past? How can we get more a broad understanding of past events? And how do these events influence our culture today? And asking these types of questions and doing visible thinking routines like Truth For Who, it really helps you to expand out that there's more than one perspective, right? That's so important. And now let's go to uh, the Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning at the University Liggett School and look at their definition. In fact, I watched a wonderful video um, about their programming and all the links are gonna be attached to the descriptor of the podcast as well as um, below in my blog post. Um, one of their humanities teachers, Chris Hemler, so that's going to be secondary school. He leads or co-leads um, this program over the summer to really understand about place-based humanities. I want you, don't get caught up on humanities because that's usually the interplay between social studies and language arts because we're transdisciplinary, but the ideas are the same. He says the goal of place-based humanities is to allow students to explore their locality in order to understand the trends that are going on at a larger level. What does that mean? That means what's happening in our local environment and where is it happening elsewhere in the world, right? Bigger picture. Place-based humanities, you might look, this is what he says, Place-based humanities, you might look at the stories of your locality and draw greater trends in history. What's going on in the nation? What's going on in the world? And how does your place fit into that? Whoa. So if I were looking at a related concept like equity, how does my locale play a part in all of that? Whoa, that's very interesting. So Hemler continues, he says, so they, meaning the teachers, are learning about stories that have been forgotten and purposely or unintentionally buried. And we're helping teachers to uncover those and more importantly, 
learn how to uncover those and what community partnerships to create in order to help to bring those stories back to the surface and bring them back to life. Wow. So what are the stories? So it goes beyond just looking at your place. What are the stories out there of people who have lived in the past? What have they gone through that maybe has never been televised, never been given the live day? And being where I'm from, in Texas, in Houston, you know, there's so many stories that I hear that have been hidden, but they matter. And it changes the narrative of our, of our history and our identity when they come to light. So what do I mean by this? So for the past eight years, I've been living in Space City. And I have, ever since I was a child, had a fascination with all things NASA and space. I remember when Miss McAuliffe and her whole crew died in the Challenger explosion. I remember being a young person just devastated that a teacher who had the opportunity to go to space was murdered. Well, I mean, she wasn't murdered. She died, right? It wasn't of any malicious intent. But the fact also that humans can go out into space, explore and do and come back in their lifetimes. That fascinates me. Um, that satellites are up there helping us use our GPS navigation. That fascinates me. All of these things of how the world works fascinates me. And like most people, I had the misconception of the story that Mission Control during the moon landing was full of male engineers who guided the astronauts. And since the book and film Hidden Figures has come to light, it changes the narrative that women, not just women, but black women, were involved in saving these astronauts and getting them back to Earth. And just like Hidden Figures, what other stories have not come to light of events that really happened that shape our local, national, and global history? That fascinates me. So the next challenge is to identify resources within our local area that's going to shape that narrative for us. Some educators who are listening right now are under, you know, some sort of control by the government of what and how much they can teach. And by partnering with our community resources, what's really nice, those resources are taking the burden of providing the information not you. You're still exposing your learners to a wider range of ideas, but you didn't teach it in school. So consider this as a viable option. We have to work around our system sometimes. So here's some simple steps to get started. As I get started in uncovering local inquiry, some questions start percolating in my mind. And this, well, I should backtrack these questions might help you to know where you want to go with inquiry. You first need to know where your destination is. So the question that I ask is, what is inquiry at the local level? What does that mean for you and your learners? 
What knowledge and skills do we need to have in order to be able to do this on our own as an adult learner, let alone a child? Um, how do you actively connect with your local community where the school is located? Because you might not necessarily live in that local community where the children live. And so how are we accessing the local community? Where do you find the rest necessary resources, right, in order to carry out these uh, local inquiries? And how do I know if there's an inquiry opportunity within my local community? That's big. So all of those factors need to be considered before you even launch anything, right? And then here's some practical connections of when you've answered those questions, some things that were suggested by Edutopia that I think are practical. Um, pay attention to local events and places that impact your students. So what do I mean by that? If, there, if you're talking about low, uh, businesses, we'll have local businesses come in that they pass up every day as they're coming to school. Have the owners talk about what it's like to own a business, that sort of thing. Celebrate unsung heroes in your community. There's tons of them, right? Reach out to your community. See who's um, really active in the community and how they, everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to help the next generation along. It's just a given. That's what most humanity is about. And so it's just about reaching out to these people. And we might have to search on the internet for some ideas to kickstart. But the key here is to connect our place-based learning to our curriculum and also to our standards so that we're justified in what we do right? That it's another means of structuring the learning so that um, we can make that curriculum come alive and meaningful for our learners. That's the point, right? That's why we do what we do. So that's just a little tidbit, my friends. You're going to be like, but Lou, I need to know how to do all the process. Well, there's many episodes left to help us with that. So don't you worry, I'm going to go into the nitty gritty um, in the next couple episodes, and then we'll transition over to how do we then connect this globally and all of that goodness. So let's have some fun with this, my friends. It is time. I'm just so excited that, you know, like um, the next phase is looping back to inquiry, which is such a passion of mine. So I will talk to you soon, my friends, and have a wonderful day.